Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Yeah. Welcome to J.Ill, a production of iHeartRadio. Yeah. Yeah, hello. Hi, good people. Hi, good people. I'm so hoping that you're well. We are well. This is J.Ill, the podcast. This is Jill Scott with my sister friends, Laia St. Clair. Hey, y'all. And the lovely Aja Graydon Danzler. Hello. Yes, that was her lovely voice. Yes. Hello. This is my deep, <laughs> I have been running the streets. Uh, the streets are calling my name. Voice. She been this drinking. She been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and sleeping. Uh, You've been having a good time, huh, bud? Our girl, lovely. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. After a year and a half of straight... Bullshit. Yes, I had a lovely week. I got to see the faces of some people who I have not seen in a very long time. Girl to joy. Yes. And there was plenty of joy to go around. Huh. Now I'm tired, but I'm here. Yeah. I may be black and I may be ugly, but I'm here. <laughs> okay? I'm here. Always yes to the color purple quotes. Yes. yes forever always. and ever and ever. That's how you know. Because we will Amen. never part, Maki Dada. Maki Dada. Never, never that. Who? I've been trying to figure out how in the world do you transition into this conversation? Oh. And mm. we're, what we're about to talk about right now. Oh, my goodness. Mm. How, oh, my Lord. How does one? How does I mean, one? You just kind of get into it. You could, I don't know, you can, you can blame me if you want to. It's always been a question on my mind. 
Yes, let's blame Laia. Why not? Let's start with the blame. Yes, this is all Laia's <laughs> fault. This is <laughs> it. Really isn't. You know, we here no. at J.I.L. like to have the conversations that we feel like uncomfortable having amongst folks sometimes, but it be in our head or we have it with our girlfriends, and you just be like. I'm just trying yeah. to understand because... And the truth is, it's still a conversation that we have with our girlfriends. Yeah. Like, even though we don't really talk about it that much anymore, it is still a talk. I don't even and know if it's a talk. It's more like a... Mm, mm, you know, at this point, yeah. it's not... It's, uh, that's true. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It is. It you is. Know, it is. You know, it's, that's, kind of, that's kind of the gist of it. It's a um in regular life, but then when we talk about... And we, I know y'all wondering what we're talking about. We're going to get to it. But when we talk about, like, folks who are living and breathing this work, then it becomes a, because mm, I got to see this person every day. He's telling me about my struggle and my history, but he's not going home to me. What are we talking about, people? We are talking about our favorite Black activists, people in the struggle, speaking on our missions and our history and stuff, but going home to women who don't look like us. And I don't know, maybe it sounds tedious to some people, but sometimes it'd be on my spirit because I have rectified with the everybody can find love in different places. That's fine with everyday people. But the folks that make a living speaking on our mission and what we do and how we can live more beautiful and how beautiful we are and how dope of people we are. But why you don't sleep with her or him or him? I'm just curious. I just, I think think it's kind of like, you know, this is a a soft metaphor, but it's it's like the chef who doesn't eat meat, you know, but the butcher who doesn't eat meat. Yeah. Well, that kind of, I don't know. It's like, I'll say the chef. Because, you know, they got a they got a uh, endorsements. They're all over your television. They're um, receiving money and of of all kinds to go and speak up and speak out about how to make this delicious, you know, beef. I don't know. Burn. Is that a word? I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wellington. Wellington. Yeah, let's go with that. (laughs) Let's go with that. But he doesn't actually taste it. He doesn't actually eat it. Mmm. Uh, well, okay. So here's the here's the vibe, right? Mm, I'm gonna say something that I think you guys are just not gonna agree with. <laughs> well, let's see. Okay, so here's the thing. To me, I think it is possible to engage romantically with someone who is a support to you and them not really understand your work. And I know we're talking about a specific kind of work around, you know, around racial justice and around a specific kind of experience that you would want your mate to identify with. But I just think typically speaking, your mate doesn't identify with your work no matter what it is. Now, if now, that's this is funny the coming issue, from you. This is interesting, yes. Right, but see, but this is the issue, this is the issue across the board, I think, if, if, if there's an issue around being in love with and being married to somebody who does not understand your lived experience, especially when it comes to race, that I don't think the fact that you do work in that really makes a big difference. I think the difference is just the difference. It's like, is that something that you can do with having a really conscious mind around racial justice, period? Because any, all of us, as we, we talked, even when we talked to Moon Refresher, she's talking about how it's always a pushback, even for Black folks. 
every day pushing back at white supremacy, you have to do it. You have to do it in a personal way. You have to do it in the external way when you're raising your children. Everything that you're doing, that's a constant, that's constant self-work. And so if your mate doesn't understand that work, I think the issue lies there, not in that whether or not you're, uh, uh, you know, Martin Luther King or somebody, or whether or not you're, you know, anybody else a little bit more current. I don't know why I went straight from Martin Luther King. But yeah, because that's a touchy one right there. I'm, that was, <laughs> that was, yeah, you know. You know what I mean. Let me think of another activist that got a real strong black woman on the side. Hold on, let me think. Hold on. I'm about this coming. It's coming. Do you all think that, do you all think with all of the, the stress and drain on they need activism... That it's escapism? <laughs> that oh. it's escapism? Do you think that? No, I'm sorry. I'm just asking. That, that, that was my question. That was a- exactly what was coming out of my mouth next. Is that maybe you know this is escapism? If you're dealing with the the monument of stress and and troubles and and legalities that we have to fight through, maybe this is maybe who you marry is your escape from all of it. But can I just inject this? Though? Of course. <laughs> Y'all know how sometimes when you're connected to your mate so well that, like, words don't have to be said. Even yes. if something's heavy going on and he come, you come home at night, you know, maybe we don't have to discuss it. Maybe it's just a really tight hug. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in that hug, we've said to each other, I love you, I got you. When you're ready, I'm here, blah, blah, blah. We said it in a hug. You know, there, listen, there, there it must be said, when... President Obama and the First Lady, Michelle Obama, when they gave each other a pound, Mm. there was something in me that Mm. lifted and sang and did a dance or two. There was something magical about that. I felt that like, yes! Yes, but, but but maybe that's part of our issue though, right? That we will take we will take performative blackness over people who actually work hard for black people. I'm okay. sorry, you saying that? Oh, wait a minute, hold on. Now. That's you a know, she, you know she has issues with that. With I do, that but damn, she didn't have to go to the Obamas with that. She well, she, I don't know if well, they perform. No, she could go with no, 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 she no, said no. performative. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is that a, a fist damn. bump, a, I'm just saying a fist bump, a fist bump, right, mm-hmm. is a specific type of black behavior that we associate with the culture. a certain kind of black lived experience, right? Yes. The culture. And I'm just saying, and I'm not saying that they haven't done anything to help black people, but they're not particularly people who are working in black liberation. This we know. Oh, shit. That's another topic. And so what I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that on, on the level of importance in terms of their mating together, right, that seeing two black people together, that that. That image, mm-hmm. the image of that, mm-hmm. the image of their their cultural interaction is something that we that's important to us. But is it as important as the actual work around our liberation? Because honestly speaking, I've had some problematic conversations with black men in particular about black liberation that have saddened me and hurt me to the core about their thoughts around gender, around race, about white supremacy and all kinds of things. And I can say that having a mate who doesn't have that understanding, them being black doesn't make the pill go down easy. No, it, it know, wasn't about it making it going down easy. It's just a communication that we have as a people. I mean, it's just some basics, But right? I can fist bump with these same and men. I, and I should, That's my and point. That was no, my, but I, 
that was Jill was thinking of fist bump. And as she was saying fist bump, I was like, I was thinking about 50 other things that the Obamas kind of show black love, even in a touch, even in the way you grab my back, even in a, there is something in conversation between black men and black women on a rhythm in a way to me. I don't know. I, Maybe I I'm agree. tripping. No, you're no, not. I actually agree. You're absolutely you're not. right. There is, that is a rhythm that cannot be duplicated. Period. Yeah. And that's why I'm not speaking Period. on just interracial relationships. You know, I'm not talking about that. That's why this is specific to, you know, like people, like you said, doing, doing the work and doing that work and then leaving that work at work. It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't go down the same though, does it? And it'd be the big dogs too. You'd be like, damn him. Like, damn, he do my whole genealogy. He know everything about me. Like he know the dopeness of all this. And okay. But maybe at the time when he was young, she was supportive. I don't. I mean, but that's that's typically the the response, you know, that she was there when I had nothing, and you know, she was supportive. And who who doesn't want support when you're down at the you know bottom of the barrel? Who doesn't want that anyway? That's true. Uh, I I don't know. More conversation after the break. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World? Like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I also wonder about environments that I worry about access. Mm -hmm. I worry about I think about things sometimes where how we look at activists and intellectuals and people who find themselves in all these different circles is like, 
there's there's always going to be activists no matter where you go. I mean, if there's people suffering, there's going to be people speaking up for them. Mm-hmm. But we have a tendency to also elevate people from academia. We elevate people who are from certain flagship organizations, things of that nature. And a lot of times they come from, you know, Ivy League schools. They come from so this was my class, mother's argument. Middle, yeah. middle uh-huh. class upbringings. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. are the upbringings that us as black people have aspired to. And then their children, these young people go off to to Harvard, they go off to University of Pennsylvania, they go off to all these different places. And though their parents might have instilled a sense of, of, of identity within them, their access to black folks and black folks who think like them. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying I'm throwing it out there. That's not my lived that, experience. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a whole you know world. It's it a is. whole That's- world. It's planes and trains and, and buses. <laughs> and such, you know. And you can get to them if you. I live in if LA. That's I'm what you want. Black people. That's if what that's what you want, want, you know. I'm gonna find me some. I mean, W. E. B. Du Bois. He said it himself. He was just like, "Listen, I was there, but I know they didn't want me there. I found the black folks, and I had dinner with them." Yeah. So, <laughs> and my mom always has this argument with her her friends who send their kids off to certain schools because she's like, "I, you know, I get the elitism of it all, but you know, you're already setting your son up to kind of." date outside of what he because he doesn't have access and it's just funny that you said that because i was like sometimes it it starts in it does start in education i mean oftentimes when you see that that's how you see it yeah. people meet in college yeah that's like these athletes in, who want to have these amazing athletic careers they got to go to white schools to do that and so how does you know mm, allegedly I, I know they're changing that big up to Deion sanders yeah. And can I also say this? Mm-hmm. One thing I have noticed, having had a child attend the HBCU and done work with University of Pennsylvania and a lot of the staff with University of Pennsylvania, is that what I will see, what I see is that a lot of times black students who are more involved in black liberation work tend to come out of white schools. And a lot of that has to right. do with the fact that they're dealing with so much of that mm-hmm. kind of onslaught of racism. You'll find, I hate this term woke, but this is like, you know, because it's, it's, people have messed it up. It used to be a good word. But the point is that it's like most of the woke kids that, that are our next, you know, activists, they're coming out of those environments. So unless they pick from the Black Student Union with 15 people at the at the freaking state school, then who are we talking about? Who are these people? Who, who, Where are we at? Black people, 13% of the population here in the United States of America. So, but that's why, again, but you, I, systems that got to change. That's why Deion Sanders said, I'm going to a black school to teach, to teach, uh, you know, to, teach, to coach football. It's kind of like systems have to change. So I guess it's a process in that way. Let me tell you what got me okay. Like what got me right. Uh-huh. I've had a, I'll say this, that I, first before I tell you what got me right or what got me in a different place. I won't say right, but, you know, I've, I've had some experiences like being on an elevator and I was particularly cute this day. And uh, I was in an elevator in L.A. and the door opened and a very attractive black man open, uh, comes in the elevator. He's followed by some other, some men, brothers with him. And um, I could tell that the one that, you know, walked in first was like, hmm. And I was like, hmm, you know. And then we're standing there and it it feels like he's about to say something. And the other man says to him, there were two other ones. One of the other two says, you know, we don't do that no more, right? And he was like, yeah, you're right. And they got off the elevator the next floor. I'm sorry, what a floor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely felt that. I definitely felt that, that there is a generation or 
I won't even say a generation of, of black men that are not dating black women at all. Like it's now a rule. Like we don't do that. You know, we're we're past that or whatever the, the idea is. I'm not sure, but I know that I've seen quite past a bit that. of that. I've seen quite a bit of that. And, um, you know, if you look at certain groups of, of, of brothers that, you know, all of them, oh, I hate to say all, but I know some brothers that <laughs> they went to, to a school and all their friends have all, all married to Asian women. You know, like it's a it's a thing like it's their thing. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think that this kind of stuff occurs with with black men. I've seen it. I don't think I know it. I've seen it. I've seen plenty of it that there's a group think about not dating black women or being married with, you know, black women anymore. Okay, so when I say what got me, I don't know, to, to I don't even know what to call it. I mean, a different mind state is when I met some black men that were married to Asian women and their kids were eating sushi with collard greens. You know, it, it sounds it sounds like, what are you talking about? I'm saying that they're mixing the cultures together mm-hmm. in a way where they're not forgetting that they are black. Because in the world, their children are brown and, mm-hmm. you know, will automatically be assumed black. Mm-hmm. But also they were acknowledging their Asian descent as well. And I thought, OK, if relationships go like that, where there's a, an honor um, in, in it, um, a, a respect in it, then bully on, bravo. You know, if that's what it is, and that's what it is. Like, I, I just don't like to see this particular when there's a brother that is married to or is, is dating a white woman because he does not like himself. Now, we have seen this. And because he needs a break. I'm, fuck you. We, we've seen it. We've seen it. Sorry. You know that that's... Oh, no, no. We know it's true. We know it's true. We See, know that thing, it's true. Is that we do... I need a we know very break. well, And it goes we both know, ways. It's for sisters, yeah. too. And they're like, yeah, yeah, because I, I need know, my baby to have good hair. I, 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 You know? I mean, <laughs> we, we definitely know that it's, it's real. Yes. Okay. Like, we're not making this up. No. There are situations in which people are most definitely, like, existing in a way that's deeply respectful of their culture. But in in, in the example you used, I have to say, to me, I feel like it's slightly different because, you know, out in the world today, a person will call an Asian person a person of color. And that and it also too to say to say to to say that I am Asian is not to say that I'm anti-black to embrace whiteness is to embrace anti-blackness. And so if you're going to raise children or you're going to do liberation work and you are or, or you're attached to somebody who is attached to whiteness and is committed to whiteness on, on any level, then, yeah, that's a huge problem. And that's way different. That's way different than than, you know, it, it, it does. It's still toxic to say, oh, I'm only going to date this type of girl mm-hmm. or this type of woman that is not only not black, but specific to a certain kind of you know, trajectory in life, then I mean, yeah, that's super toxic and and anti-Black at the same time. But it's just, I just think that for us, at the core of it, it still stings. Yep. And I don't, I think we need to unpack that part. Like, why does this still hurt 
even in the slightest bit, especially when you see it over and over and over and over again. Well, listen, I want to see CNN defending myself. Years ago, I wrote an article for Essence magazine. It was supposed that. to be called, I'm just saying, but they entitled it uh, uh, Jill Scott on interracial marriage, which was not the topic of the article at all, which was not my intent or position. I was disturbed that they would throw me under the bus like that, you know, to sell magazines. Yeah. And we've we definitely Essence and I have made our way back from, you know, never dealing with each other again to where we are now. But I I, I felt so betrayed, so betrayed. And then I ended up being on CNN defending myself and they're like, well, that was racist. And I was like saying that saying that it feels like a mosquito bite under a sundress, you know, you feel it, you yeah. feel it. Yeah. And then you keep moving, say, you keep moving, you keep moving forward. And but it feels feel even it. worse when you know somebody, know, not know better, because I don't want to say that you know, black on black love is better. It is. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, is that, you know, this person, even in, even my favorite. It has so many gay black activists. It has it's so like, many damn, y'all, not a, not a black dude. Like, you, but you speak on this every day. You speak on our people. You hear you in the struggle. And okay, he keep holding you down. All right. Let's just, hmm. I, I don't know. I guess, I guess for me, I don't know. I just feel like the proof is kind of in the pudding for me. I, I don't, and, and I know this is odd for me to say this based on what I would, where I would typically be coming from. Especially when we talk about safe spaces, Asia, because earlier on, you know, when we started the show, we talked about safe spaces for us and tribunals and how we can trust people. And I'm just like, and I definitely feel like a tribunal is something that's cultural is different, because like I said, even when you start looking into indigenous people, there's certain powwows you can't go to. Mm -hmm. Only you can only certain people can go to. So in that way. So so, so what if they're following the rules? Like she can't she can't go to the to the to that particular thing. You know, you can't come to the tribunal. Well, well, no, if that's right. what the culture of it, if that's the culture and that's the culture is accepted by the person who is a part of that culture, then no. But it's no different than, like I said, any person. Like, so if 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 if, if, if you have a, a ceremony for young boys coming into their manhood, then no, they mama can't go. You know, it's just a part of the way that people do things. And if that's a decided thing culturally, mm. then I understand that that exclusion. But the the thing is that people who are fighting is a particular late labor. That's a particular kind of labor. And I want them to have whatever it is they want to have. They're really like whatever they're, I mean, just whatever, whatever love that they have in their lives is fine with me. My problem is if we get to a point where we have to mince our words about whiteness because your mate is white. So that, that part of it is, and, and I know some people in struggle work or in liberation work who don't mince any words and don't require anyone else to mince words. But I think that that's the key for me. Yeah, but because you got to trust that that other in the room, when they hear these non-mince words, that they don't take them with them and use them incorrectly or weaponized or whatever. Because I was literally going to say I was dating a dude once who told me, and it sounded so crazy when he said it, but he was like... <laughs> He doesn't allow white people in his house. And I was like, well, why is that? He was like, because black people seem to get start acting differently. And I wanted everybody to be comfortable in my home. I was like, Mm. that's wow. Mm. 
So he wasn't there for the code switch. Right. Right. And so in that conversation, that's where we go back to our uh, activist leaders and everything. I'm like, you talking about... you like, can you be your full self all the time, everywhere you are, when your mate is also not... doesn't have that lived experience? Right. And I guess the argument from that that man would be that he's... um, you know, he's living past color, but doing this work. Oh, that's what they say? That's what they say? I mean, I'm just assuming. I'm just assuming that that would be the argument that, you know, I'm not, I'm not my color, you know, but I see these issues and, and struggles in my community and I'm here to fight for my community. Mm. I just, I put this way. Mm-hmm. I'm put this way. Outside of the rhythm that we discussed, which I uh, uh, completely agree with, mm-hmm. I just want to circle back to this point mm-hmm. is that politically, okay, and just in terms of just how we think about, critically think about race, mm-hmm. gender, white supremacy, whatever, that for me, I think a lot of the importance has to be placed on people's kind of, you know, political education. Because I feel like outside of the rhythm that we have, that it's very easy to get into a relationship with another Black person who is even less informed than, let's say, a white person who's married to a Black person who does liberation work. And that can be really a difficult situation because... You know, I find that to be just as problematic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know like what you're you can't saying. really. I find that to be just as problematic. And you can have a, a black person who's literally in the baby stages of their political education, right? And they're in a room with a couple, an interracial couple, and that white person is way further down the road than they are. However, Asia, I kind of think that's that is definitely possible, and it definitely happens. But that collective is small. These women you're speak. I don't know how long you think that population is of these woke ass white women. Small. That small. Don't, um, that, that small. don't call themselves allies out loud. Did you know small. that Frederick Douglass was married to a white woman? Stop it. I need you. Yes, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yes, I didn't know that. Yes, I did. Hey, did yeah. you know he was biracial himself also? Well, I mean, yeah. Mm, but most of us are. Ah, but he, he was bye-bye. 50-50. I mean, <laughs> but was his parents in love or? No. Okay. No. But he received a lot, a lot of privilege because of his skin color. Now, right. privilege considering the time period, because, of course, this is a man who survived slavery. Let me put that there. So I have no right to call him privileged. And still I'm told them to kiss his comparison, ass. Yeah, as an in comparison to, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. the other black people of his time period. No, I understand That's that. But I, I also understand that he still didn't take that shit lying down and said what the hell he thought when he felt like saying what he thought. This is true, but he was yeah. also extremely establishment. He yeah. was very much believed in the Constitution, believed in this country. He wanted this country to work, whereas some of his peers wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. Some of his peers were way more radical. Yes. Um, he even talks about how Harriet Tubman, yeah, he even talks about how Harriet Tubman, that she was the radical, that he mm-hmm. was in awe of her bravery. But so even when you look at a situation like him, you have certain ways that we look at people who are connected to white people in an intimate way. Mm-hmm. We tend to look at those people as conformists. And uh, it's hard to think, how can you be radical and think outside of that conformity when you want to make a family with, you want to be intimate with someone who doesn't have that same lived experience or that same investment in our liberation. Right. But if a, but a white person who understands things understands their liberation is also tied to ours. Yeah, but who are these white people? 
I mean, I, like I said, I, I know they exist. <gasps> I don't think that that's his wife and his wife. And you like, these are not the wives that I know. These are <laughs> not the wives that I've seen on these men's arms. Uh, mm, Making me, mm, I want to call names. Uh, Angel I, over I'm here a, and yeah. CNN specialist person over there. And, and actor, actor, actor slash over, over here. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, listen, I'm not saying... I, listen, I can't even argue with you. No, I'm not that I, I'm trying I think to. I, I would be willing to say it's more of the I need a break. It's. I think it may be a little <laughs> bit more of the I need a break. And you need a break from your mama? And, and, right. access, my, and my, access. Might do. Might could. I might, guess so. Might could. Might be. Might could. Might do. Yeah. Mm. Let me say something bad. You, what? For the women, for black women. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Being in relationship with black men. Mm-hmm as a double marginalized person can be very taxing. Oh, yeah. Can be very, very taxing. We'll be right back. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially, step up like a boss and save the day, or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts Connect the alarm Change the podcast you stream Connect the snooze Ten more minutes to dream Connect the shower Lather up with the news Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews Connect with that three-hour philosophy show Change the drive into work In traffic so slow Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Have you noticed at all if, if you go on TikTok? Like the first time I went on TikTok, I was like, wait. Every couple is interracial. Yeah, like the TV for, commercials. For, like I had to go and change my algorithm. I was like, wait a minute. 
Every every couple, every couple that popped up on TikTok was it was a black man with a white woman, and they had so much to say about so many things. And I was like, wait, okay. That's oh y'all, now we know TikTok. We know TikTok is the land of. I don't know. I stay away from the from China. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't mess well, with their politics. I said, my goodness. This is, <laughs> this is this was a it was it was everyone. I said, are there any black couples on TikTok? Like there are. I mean, there but are. I had to find them. Find them. I had to. Well, find that's a whole them. TikTok in itself and their relationship and with black folks. With black people yes. is a trip, baby. A yeah. trip. Yeah. Big up to our, our young TikTokers. Uh, start, you know, protesting out there. Going back to Botswana, the king of Botswana, Sarete Kama, he married a white woman in London and almost lost. It, the, the respect was out the window from his people. And Mutuana people are, are very kind and generous, but this was too much. He went off to school to study, as most Mutuana people do. But then here he comes, shows up with a, a whole white woman that he was, like, insanely in love with. And they were married. And um, he had the country uh, bend then for him. I was Is this the, the movie that David O'Wellio made that nobody went to go see because we was like, fuck out of here, nigga, trying to explain your white wife on, uh... Well, sorry. That, that I didn't mean that. That, that very well could have been a, a portion of it, but I know that that happened. It's it's not just a movie. That's that's reality. I think it would be really nice. It would be really nice if, if black men in particular would kind of acknowledge this thing that we all see that nobody talks about that it's like, okay, if you're famous and you're influential and you're a black man, you are married to a, a white woman or you're married to a really light-skinned, racially ambiguous-looking woman or that has that same look. And it's like, yes, you can love whoever you want. Yes, we want love for you. Yes, this is feels like an old raggedy conversation but at the same time too it's like y'all we're not blind like I'm not blind like I see well we was blind when Harry and and, and Sydney did it so it's kind of like I don't know they just they started and they kept going right I don't know I mean, and, and big up to Harry, who was an amazing, who is an amazing the, the fighter, Jack Johnson. I think that's his name, Jack Johnson. He's a fighter. He got well. He got arrested for going all, over uh, state lines. He had a he had a white woman with him, but he definitely was an advocate for that. He meant that thing. He was gonna get him a white woman, and he married one. You know, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a thing, guys. I know. And then, and you know, I got to say to Asia, you know, if you said that to these black men in Hollywood, especially in 2021, they would hit you back with, well, y'all doing the same thing in Hollywood. They would hit you back with, well, Shonda Rhimes um, started a whole uh, revolution, didn't she not? I'm just saying this is what I've heard from black men, like, you know. Oh, uh, OK. They have I mean, a- listen, I feel like it's, it's a fair conversation either way. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that we are at this point now. We all see it and we just like, oh, wow, we can't say that. Oh, don't we? Because I feel like it's keeping us from an important conversation, okay. maybe about colorism, maybe yeah. it's a conversation about this or that. I just think it's some there's something in there in that pot that we're not talking about. And it doesn't have to do with your right to love anyone else. I think and it's it some old shit. It's some old shit that we still carry that that if you are more successful, you know, or you've done better in life, if you you know, if you have a light skin or a white woman, you know, I, I it seems like that's the way. Isn't isn't that the way? 
that, that black men become and successful. And let me say this and then, also too. I see you know, this within. I see this within the gay community as well. With, mm-hmm. with, yeah, with men and women, and um, so mm. I see. Yeah, I've seen some really God about black gay women. Really they are success- creeping up in that area. Yeah. So really successful black men who are married to white men. Mm-hmm. See, that's that that's it's that's like ooh. well, that's why I told you guys when I was watching. What really like, brought this to my mind was when I was watching uh, Ava DuVernay's documentary, The Thirteenth, and I was like looking at all the men that were doing their thing, and I was like, from gay to straight, I don't think any of these men are with black partners. And she had you know like gay and straight black men commentating. I was like, eh, nope, not him. Oh, not not him. Well, Ooh, the let's, one with the let's just, not let's him, just not say that gay this. Man. Nope. We are because at this point, we at this point, you're like, it's not a coincidence. Right. No, it, no. And it's not like, supposed to hurt us. We're not supposed to, I mean, and, 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 and I've, I've, I've changed my, I've not changed my mind, but I've tried to put myself, you know, be progressive and be like, like, it's not supposed to hurt like that. So that's why I refrain this whole thing on activists and people who are doing the work because I'm working so that the regular ass white dude, black dude that I see loving on this white woman don't bother me. It don't, it don't bother me like it used to. Mm. But then the ones that do the work and they just talking about how dope we are and how we stuff and we struggle and uh, it's just it's too much. Well, honestly, you know how I feel. I feel hardly anybody who is not a black woman is advocating for black women. So any man I challenge, I'll put the challenge out there right now. Any man, any black man who is doing serious work around black women's liberation, I invite you, please come on this show mm-hmm. and shut it all the way down. Because I honestly don't see it. So I think part of that might be it, too, is that we see people doing work and this work is very male centered. It's very black male centered. It's not centered on the liberation of black women. And it's definitely not centered around the intersectional liberation of black women. So for me, it's just kind of like maybe that's really what it is. We just don't believe you. Mm. Listen, we we talk about this all the time. We say it. I, I know I say it often, at least you know, once every other episode, but this is conversation to spark conversation. We're, we're, we're limiting ourselves. You know, we're not, we're not being honest. We're not facing ourselves. There's, there's something here. It sits in the, in the pit of your gut. And And then you you reach out and you just like, thank you, Lord, for Samuel Jackson and maybe Denzel Washington and a couple of others, but I want to name some more. But I also am careful not to dig too deep into this moment that I feel because I feel like this 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 aversion to to interracial couples. It is also a characteristic of politics that I can't stand. Right. So it's like so a lot of other people who think who are really, really have an issue with it. They also have issues with things that to me are, are very misogynistic and, you know, the quote unquote hotep situations that Mm. everybody talks about you know that whole very misogynistic very anti-woman so i'm i'm careful not in my mind i'm like ah i want to talk about it i want to be honest right but i want to be careful not to align myself with politics and spaces that are shared with people who are like deeply problematic for me yeah right yeah okay 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 let me put it in a different playing field <laughs> like I, I have I have some white girlfriends that I, I genuinely love and I think what I love m- most about them obviously is their personalities and their life experiences and the things that that they share with me and I share with them you know that it's friendship but what I think works for me most is that they are white women that do not try to act like black women at all 
They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're not my 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 white girlfriend who acts black, you know. But are they or, aware? Because that's a, right. a gray in there, Jill, though. That's a it's like so they ain't that. But but do they understand? And are you comfortable saying everything? The way I'm that comfortable you feel? saying anything okay. I want to yeah. say okay. at any time I want to say it mm-hmm. or we wouldn't be friends. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? We wouldn't be friends at all. If I felt like I had to to bite my tongue about anything. I don't have to do that. Oh yeah. And 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 neither do they. Yeah. And I can't imagine um having a friendship and not being, you know, completely 100 and authentic with it. Oh girl. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like why waste my time or, mm. or why waste my time? But I like I, mean, I appreciate them. I'm gonna tell you. I didn't put Stacy Wilson through the struggle. That the, the uh-uh. Mm-mm, we been through the struggle. Have Mm-mm. you been through the struggle? We've been through the struggle. Like we, let me tell you something. And, and, and I have, have requirements. You, have you really no, been I'm through a, the struggle? I, I'm, no, I'm gonna tell you for real. I'm gonna say in this sense. That's why I don't. I have a couple of white. I have a few white girlfriends, but as far as me and Stacey Wilson go, like the trust that I have in her as a white woman, and not doing and saying certain things because we've had these hard conversations because she learned how I felt about interracial dating when I was on the radio and I'm living with her. And when, while she's dating a black man and we had to have these really hard conversations. Yeah. So it's hard for me to truly love a, like a white woman 100% because you're going to have to raise your, I, I got to know that you will never, you don't want to say nigga. You don't feel it. You, even in the song, it's, it ain't even something you ain't jealous. You just like, that's just not for me. Like it's no, it, it. and that's but, just and one thing. What you're, telling, what you're telling me is that because of her close relationship with you, a very informed black woman, mm-hmm. that she is a part of that minority of white women who you're saying right. doesn't exist. Because clearly it does. And it what, does, and but I'm that's not, the only one I'm only, But I'm, I'm only going to say, but that's because yeah. you have the intimate relationship with her. Yeah. So therefore, these other people have an intimate relationship with somebody who I can't imagine them to have and not, not in every situation. But I have intimate relationships with other white women. That's what I'm saying, Asia. I have other white girlfriends that I love them dearly. However, hmm, I also, un- it's just not a, um, hmm, I don't want to, I don't want them, they're not listening. I just can't they love them as much. I don't trust them as much as I trust her. I don't trust them, but I love them. And in their marriage, what I noticed is that the girls on the surface, their children on the surface, don't seem to be very dialed into black culture mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem where they live where the whole environment just doesn't seem like that and and like I said I'm gonna say seem like because I don't live with them blah, blah, blah. this is just my outside of, uh, uh, opinion now when this past year when the conversation around police violence all this stuff comes up it's almost like you would have to pretend like you didn't see it in order to not talk about it. In right. order to have black children of any sort to act like you weren't talking about that with your kids. And I noticed that the attempt to engage the children about this tends to come tend to come from like a spiritual space because they're very involved with their church. And this kind of, okay, now we have to kind of have this conversation about blackness with our children. You know, and observing it from the outside in is like, wow. Okay, so at first, I'm a little bit judgmental. I won't even lie. I'm looking at it like, really, y'all? Like, the whole world got to be on fire now for the kids to to be having this conversation? You know what I mean? And then it's still kind of a we are the worldy type of energy. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I was a little bit, you know, upset. Till one day, my cousin's wife reached out to me and she asked me about her stepdaughter's hair. 
And she said, okay, these are my stepdaughters. And I know their mom, who is also white, may not know everything about this and I can kind of tell. So she was like, you know, I just want to know, like, if you know what I should do. And so I'm like, sure. Because, and then I kind of give her a whole bunch of information and blah, 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 blah. Because these are my, you know, they're my cousin's children, but they're like nieces. You know how black folks mm-hmm. are. Anybody younger than you is your niece. Anybody older than you is your aunt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, these are my nieces. I'm, you know, I'm going to help out. I walked away from that situation and thought, wow, in all the time I've known this woman, this is the first time we've ever had a conversation about the fact that she was raising black girls. Mm, how old? Mm, because mm, mm, mm. she was just raising girls. She was just raising girls. Right. So this is like my first time doing it. And this is a person who I know deeply loves my cousin. This is a person who I know deeply loves these girls. Mm -hmm. This is a person who is absolutely comfortable around my family, who I know she, you know, she attends her church. She's a she's a good, you know, good Christian woman. (laughs) Man, she's a good Christian woman. But she didn't, didn't just didn't dive into anything about black hair. Didn't open up a book. Didn't, didn't yeah. She just Nothing. Didn't but this is our first conversation, even having any conversation about being black at all. Right. She follows me. Y'all know how I talk. So it's like no conversation. But this is the first conversation. So, how, so that what we're does that having. say? What do you? So what you saying, Asia? What it said to me is that people enjoy the bubble that they are in. When they feel loved, when they feel like their needs are being met, that's all that they care about. And I don't think that changes simply because you do liberation work. In fact, I think it increases. You know what I'm saying? And I think that at the end of the day, you talk about things when the necessity comes up. And I think that that's a family systems issue. That when you're in a family, when things come up, you discuss it. People are very rarely capable of thinking about things ahead of time. And unfortunately, in a place in a country that tells you that you're the most important person in the room and that your race is the default, you're not going to bring that up. You're not going to bring that up unless somebody tells you that you should. That's so unless, sad, though, because anybody gave... So that means that she didn't get no black hair books for her little girls to learn how beautiful their hair is because they can do all kinds of things and no conversations. Just, I'm going to comb and put some mousse in this shit for the first 10 years of your life until it gets difficult. I don't know. I... More conversation after the break. brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I see very often that people care more about their shih tzus than they do their black children. You see, you thought what I said. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I see it very often. You know, the little girl, you know, even at church. You know, I had gone to a church and I saw this baby and her hair was was so matted. And it was like, okay, Ooh, I'm looking, I'm trying not to look at it, but at the same time, I can't help it. And I'm thinking, mm, if she doesn't get these braids out, they're going to have to shave her head. Like, it's it's that bad. So I say to the mom at the church, hey, how you doing? Um, and she says, oh, I'm fine. How are you? Praise the Lord. I said, all right, pray, you know, praise the Lord. And then I, I say, oh, I hope you don't mind. I, I'm, I'm noticing your daughter's uh, braids. And she was like, I know. And I said, you know, you know what? She said, I'm going to take them out. I'm going to get them out. I'm going to get them out. And then I, I just like, okay, first of all, you got an attitude in the church. I'm just trying to help, man. I'm just trying to help. Like, I, maybe you've heard it a lot. Maybe I'm the fifth person today to say it. Then go in the parking lot. And th- start and start taking, like you starting to take it out. And start taking the braids out there. <laughs> Cut the bottoms off. Let me see some progress. Some progress. It matters. It matters. Because what's going to happen is she's going to grow up hating her hair. That part, because her hair ain't like her mama hair. Right. Because my why my hair not like yours, mommy? So come on now. And why like, you never told her how great she had better than hers? Of responsibility that comes along with that, too. You know? Yeah. It, That's it, what I'm it, saying. Yes. You, uh, I promise. That to me is just just as bad as the fact that black women, a child, be two two seconds out the womb and they be trying to put a PCJ in their head. What's a P? I don't as know. As a cunt. Oh. PCJ? Like a baby Kitty perm. perm. Kitty perm. Baby perm. Baby mm-hmm. perm. It's like, we have a problem with anti-blackness in this country. We do. And our kids are, and our families are deeply affected by it. And to me, it's like, okay, yes, in my mind, my preference is to have my children in, in a black community 
and surrounded by Black people and having that rhythm that they would have with Black folks at all times. And when you have a parent who's not Black, that has to be an intentional thing as the Black parent to make sure that that happens. But that's on period when you got a Black husband or wife too, because guess what Black folks do? They get super anti-Black even when they got a Black mate. I mean, I asked somebody one time, no, not could happen. Happens as a matter of culture. It happens as a matter of culture because I promise you, I posted one time on my Instagram, has an elder ever told you something deeply toxic and they thought they were teaching you something, but taught you something deeply toxic. It was a telling thread because I promise you a lot of things came up. But we've talked about, about that before because it always go back to white supremacy and what they <laughs> like. It does. But this is my point at the end of the day is that the coupling of it all is going to drag anti-blackness into it no matter what, because that's the type of state we live in. That is the mm. mo- th- This is the country we live in, the world that we live in. These systems are built on anti-blackness. And no matter who we couple with, we'll be contending with that no matter what. Oh, I am. And... Yeah, we'll be contending with that in a deep way, no matter what. It'll just be different. You know, a black person's anti-blackness is going is going to, you know, uh, come to the surface in a different kind of way. You know, but it doesn't mean that it's not happening. You know, I I don't know. I just know I would, you know, we was talking about Ursula Rucker the other day who got the whitest of white mamas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she bought the blackest black person. That I have them, <laughs> which is interesting because most of my most of my girls that are have mixed parents usually their their mom is they usually have a black mom which makes them even more conscious of who they are. So I find that interesting about Ursula in that way. Like that's dope. I mean, so that that's the thing is that it's like it's hard for me to kind of put my finger on. I I know I know the feeling that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me to pinpoint the union itself as the issue because. It's not. It's the it's the anti-blackness that's the issue. Oh, definitely. You're right. It's the anti-blackness to get into the union. Right. (laughs) She said to get into the union. union. So you feel like getting into into that union has to require a certain amount of anti-blackness. Yes, I do. Because even when we say stuff like, well, maybe they feel like they need a break because they do the work. I'm like, well, that's anti-blackness, isn't it? I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, you taking a break? But but does everybody, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know if everybody's thinking that way. Right? You know what we have to do? What? When we have talk questions like this, yeah. We have to talk to, to several people. You know, yes, we have to because other than that, we're assuming and it's it's a bunch of conjecture and we don't really understand. And we ultimately are based somewhere. I mean, obviously there's information that we're aware of and things have that we've seen. Have you ever dated a white man? Me? Yeah. 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 Yes, I did. Why? Because he was fine. And we got along. He was actually Jewish. I, I can't say, I mean, when you're talking about dating, it's like, you know, sleeping with or something. None of that ever happened. But we went on a date. And this, this is, it changed everything, quite frankly. Mm. He came to pick me up. He had a cabriolet. And he had a convertible cabriolet. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was super cute. It was a little cute. Little it little was cute very cars. cute. We yes. worked at the ice cream parlor together. You know, and he was, he was... Intent, he was like, I'm coming to pick you up. And I was like, I don't think you should do that. He's like, no, I'm coming to pick you up from your house. I'm coming to pick you up. So that's what he did. And I remember coming outside and my whole neighborhood in in, in mid 
jump rope. Everything and everybody stopped and was staring. Everything on the block. Everybody the on the block, block was looking. Singing low. Do you remember me? <laughs> it was quiet, okay? And uh, I got in the car and I was so nervous. I was so nervous that, you know, somebody was gonna, I don't know, hurt him. He's a nice guy. I didn't want anybody to hurt him. Anyway, we go um, to South Street because that's what you did, you know, then. This was many, many years ago. So we go to South Street and the brothers lost it. They were hollering, screaming down the street, no, sis, no, please. That's what they used to do back in the day. No, Mm -hmm. sis, no, please, please. Not like an interlude. You know what, and it could have definitely, it definitely could have been peer pressure at that moment. But I was like, I don't ever want another black man to feel this way when they see me. I just don't. Oh, so that's why it. you don't give them no look when you see. Uh, no, no. What you mean? When you see an interracial couple, you saying that you don't want another black no, man I, to feel that way when he's with I, a white I, woman. I, I don't want to. I didn't want another black man to feel that way about me. I'm like, we already got so much oh. going on. I don't oh, want them to feel like the like betrayal. Issue. The betrayal. The betrayal. I didn't want them to feel like that. I didn't. But is like he ready it. for you though? Was they ready for I you? Didn't, though? That'd I be didn't. An I didn't like that. I didn't like how it felt. But what if he was going to teach you real good, Jill? I mean, I can still learn. (laughs) I don't know what else he could have You're like, the chances are still out there. I mean, I I just did not like that feeling. And it was enough for me. It was enough for me. Black men don't seem to have those feelings because we're also not in the street like, no, no, brother, no. We're not doing that. We used to it now. We're like, hmm. That's just I don't know, I, but okay. I don't know that we ever did. I don't know that that we. No, ever... we did. We didn't. We didn't say no, brother. We speak. We don't. We didn't feel that empowered. We just gave a look or dirty look or. Mm. I think it was more dirty looks. I think it was a lot of I dirty looks. I can't lie to you guys on the on in social media when people continue, when 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 I've heard when I've seen this conversation happening. You know, a lot of black women are like, this is an outdated conversation. This it is could whack. Be. Who cares? It could be. Who cares? Who you're married to? Who da 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 da, and. I think maybe, like I said earlier, we just got to get to the core of what the betrayal is and where why we feel it. Yeah. Because that is a really important conversation. Otherwise, we're just tucking it under the rug and pretending to be okay with something that we're not really okay with. And when when at the end of the day, it is other people's personal decision yeah. to and which they don't need our permission no. to do anything. And it is well, their so- life. So, well, some may feel too at the end of the day that like the numbers are are dwindling, right? So like when I moved to LA, I had two girlfriends that had to have a talk with me about me opening my dating mind because I wasn't meeting anybody. And they were like, like, yeah, you got to date out of your race. And I was like, all right, I'm open to it. Like, you know, he like me, I like him. I mean, at this time I'm single and I'm I'm looking for something. And I was open to it. But what I also realized is that I don't know. Maybe I'm not that approachable for a lot of white men because I don't get approached by white men. They're not aggressive. And I like a man to come up and tell me how how he feel and how I look and all of that stuff. And, and He said, you, know, you a fine motherfucker. Won't you back that thing? Exactly. And maybe the, those white men exist, I think, in the South sometimes. Like I was in Tennessee a couple weeks ago and a white man was like, hey, yellow dress. But that was the first time that a white man had hollered at me since I can remember. So I think that from a numbers point, 
to for some single black women out there who do want to date a black man. It, even though this is an outdated conversation, it ain't when you start dating and you realize it ain't nothing out there and you competing. Shout out to my girlfriends with your Asian and your white girlfriend because they don't want, they, they Asian and white men. They want that mm. one. So this is where it becomes not outdated when you are looking for black love. And, mm. and, then, and then there's an argument in the back of your head. Well, if he want them, I don't want him anyway. But it's still, it's like, well, okay, but we yeah. yet though. We yet though. But I feel like, I feel like, and I don't think you do this by the way, but I think we have to be very careful that we understand black love the way black love just shows up. I think we have a tendency, and I and I saw this happen. When Fatih and I got started, they're like, why y'all want to talk about your marriage? What, what you want to talk about that for? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. But then we've seen it grow over the years. Now black love is like a thing. You know what I mean? It's like hashtag goals. It's now. a TV show. It's hey, a whole Tommy. thing, right. It's a whole TV show. And so for me, I think we've, we're, we're, we've gotten to this point also to somewhat romanticize it. And I want to see black love be looked at as something that just shows up as it is. You know what I'm saying? And I think we got to be real careful with that because in when you're out in the dating pool, I can imagine that this 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 ideal is competing with your reality. Hmm. And that that is making it harder on black women Mm -hmm. in particular Mm -hmm. than it has to be. You know what I'm saying? Look, I, on on the TikTok, the the, the black ladies sure look <laughs> she happy. She said on the t- on the TikTok. On TikTok, they sure Poor look happy. The black you ladies know, with, like, the, with white dudes, they look happy. White men like to wear the snuggly, right? Mm-hmm. The snuggly, the little thing that the, the baby sits in the, the the thing that the baby sits in that attached to the front of your body. Yeah. Oh, white men like to wear that with their babies. They like they like to wear the snuggly. That's so my do- one thing. I- <laughs> Black men like to do that too, ain't it? It's a joke. It was like a bad racial joke. Oh, that was, oh, sorry. That was, <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. It's hard out to do that in these streets. Every day when I finally did get a black dude in LA, I had so many sisters like, girl, how you do that? Girl, how you do that? I'm like, huh? He from St. Louis? I, I got a preference and that is what, it is what it is. I have I have many I have many reasons that I don't need anybody else to understand, but I definitely mm-hmm. have always wanted to to be with a black man. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. My daddy, he was good. That's mm-hmm. all. I, I may be, you know, I'm, I may be the girl that fell in love with her dad. You know, that uh, hey, what do you, what do you want? I get it. I get it. People are gonna love who they love. You already know this shit. It's right. not even like, you know, we already know Don't that shit. Don't call us. Don't uh, leave us no goddamn uh, messages about it. <laughs> listen, we are out here, okay? We're having conversations to spark conversations. Hopefully revealing some thoughts and feelings and issues, concerns will um, help us get to the other side of the road. That's the goal. But just, in fact, screw the road. We're really trying to get to the other side of, of the sky, you know, trying to understand what this whole humanity business is all about. And if you can um, open your head and your heart and maybe comment, you maybe talk about it amongst your people, you know, maybe send us a message. We can get a little further. We're not trying to land at the exact answer, but we, we do want to go further than where we are. Thank you so much for listening. This has been J.L, the podcast.
Hi, if you have comments on something we said in this episode, call 866-HEY-JILL. If you want to add to this conversation, that's 866-439-5455. Don't forget to tell us your name and the episode you're referring to. You might just hear your message on a future episode. Thank you for listening to Jill Scott Presents, J.Ill, the podcast. This podcast is hosted by Jill Scott, Laia St. Clair, and Aja Graydon-Dantzler. Its executive producers are Jill Scott, Sean G., and Brian Calhoun. It's produced by Laia St. Clair and me, Eve Jeffcoat. The editing and sound design for this episode were done by Christina Loringer. J.Ill is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.